We started a series a couple weeks ago titled The Gospel According to Dr. Seuss. There you go. That's an interesting one. You know, he's got some pretty interesting little statements. And today we want to focus in on this one statement from uh, his writings called Happy Birthday to You. And he made this statement. Today you are you. That's truer than true. There's no one alive that is youer than you. That's true. You know, you are you. And there's no one alive that is youer than you. God has designed each one of us individually. And he's uh, uh, uniquely blessed us and equipped us with all kinds of talents and abilities and gifts. Motivational gifts, things that, that um, drive us and inspire us. Also, he's gifted us with spiritual gifts, things to do to serve him and, and being of service to him. Uh, recognizing certain things and, and uh, being able to, to just uh, be a part of the body of Christ uniquely, but then locking together. And then when we all work together in this, God then does what he needs to do on the face of the earth. I want you to open your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. You've probably heard this passage of Scripture before, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. But I believe that it really expresses this statement that we're looking at today that says, Today you are you, that's truer than true. There's no one alive that is youer than you. Well, Jeremiah says this in chapter 1, verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. That little phrase, set you apart, is, opens up to us uh, the doctrine of election and um, of God choosing us. It's a calling. We see the words used in the Old Testament and the New Testament of, of being called. He's called us. He's appointed us. He's elected us. And so God in his... Um, in his divine sovereignty, looks down through history and he knows exactly what needs to be done. And so he, before we were ever formed, he fashioned us and purposed us for a particular part to play in this life. And he designed us, he equips us, and he gives to us talents and abilities that are necessary uh, that will be needed in our life, not just for our own self-worth or to do what we want to do, but really to be an effective part of what he's doing. You are unique. Uh, I mean, I, I jotted this down uh, as I was thinking about this, and I wrote, you are unique. Even though you share many things in common with other people, you are essentially one of, of a kind. Nobody else like you. And, and everybody else said, amen. <laughs> no one else has, uh, has been given exactly the same uh, makeup uh, that, that God has given to you. You know, you have your face is unique, your fingerprints, your voice, uh, everything about you. Even we have some twins that are here, but yet there are just a little bit of differences between them, right? Amen. And so still, even in that, you are uniquely you. So we know that God has handcrafted each one of us, and we are like no one else. We might hold some things in common, but we're like no one else. And that's for a purpose. Uh, and we're to use those those uh, gifts and talents for the Lord. And in the 16th Psalm, the psalmist says, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. When David says that and he says, you have assigned me my, my portion uh, you, and my cup, 
What he's saying is, you've called me, you've set me apart, you've given me assignment, an assignment, you've appointed me to do something. And that's exactly what God has done. Each one of us has been appointed to do something. We've been a, given an assignment to do. How are you doing on that? How's, how are you coming along on your assignment that God has given to you? And you say, well, it's like, you know, you come back from uh, a break and go back to school and, and they wonder if you got all your homework done. You say, I didn't even know there was an assignment. We don't want to stand before the Lord like that. In fact, the Bible talks about, um, Paul talks about presenting, you know, believers before the Lord. And he says that, that you wouldn't stand before the Lord ashamed. You know, that's, that's going to be a horrible feeling to stand before the Lord and be ashamed. Being ashamed that we didn't do what he called us to do. We didn't accomplish what he had called us to accomplish. We didn't even know that there was an assignment. How about that? That's going to be pretty bad. So what's up with that? I didn't even know there was an assignment. Yeah, we just think that we're here to, you know, suck air and grow old, I guess. But that, there's more to it than that. And the psalmist recognized this and he says, Lord, you have assigned me my portion, my cup. You have made my lot secure. And when we tap into what God has called us to do, then there's an anointing along with that. He equips us. And when we're doing it, really, it seems to be natural. And that's why sometimes we miss it because we think it has to be so strange or so far out there. Most of the time, it's the most natural thing that we could do because we've been designed to do that. When Jesus called his disciples in John 15, 16, and you can turn there if you like, he said something to them that, was, that I think changed my life. It really spoke to me. This is a verse that really had a lot of gravity to me and, and shook me and, and made me think about ministry and about, uh, well, not necessarily ministry, but just doing what God had called me to do. And that involved being in ministry. He says to, in John 15, 16, reading from the New International Version, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Now that kind of shook me because of, I thought I chose him. You know, uh, sitting in church, they gave an invitation, you know, if you want to receive the Lord, I, okay, so I chose to receive the Lord. I, but I thought I chose him. But come to find out, he really chose me. And the Bible talks about before the foundation of the world, he chose us. He ordained us or he predetermined something for us. And he goes on to say in John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit appointed you to go and bear fruit. The King James says ordained. It's the same thing that in, the, in the Greek. It talks about uh, an appointment, an assignment, uh, a predetermining to do something. God predesigned and determined for us to do something, and it involved, and he just, the broad thing is to go and bring forth fruit. Every one of us in our individual assignment when we, produce, when we go and do that, as we are accomplishing those things, we are producing fruit in our life in some form or fashion. So that's just the broad term that, that in, it brings us all together. So he's called us, and he chose us to do that, and he appointed us to go and bring forth fruit. And then he clarifies that. He says, fruit that will last. It's fruit for eternity, things that, that we were designed to do, ordained to do, predetermined to do, assigned to do, appointed to do, that's going to last for all eternity, not just this life, but for all eternity. And he says, then, everybody say then, then. the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Isn't that amazing? You see, the, the only reason I ever actually turned to that verse, I remember back in the day, was because I wanted that part about then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Because I had a lot of things I wanted. 
right? That's a good one. He'll give you whatever you ask, whatever I ask, he's going to give me? Cool. In Jesus' name, oh, man, I had my list together, you know. It was great. I had this long list. The problem with that was the qualifying part of that verse at the very beginning, that, uh, that we're to go and bring forth fruit. He didn't choose, we didn't choose him. He chose us. And he appointed us to go and bring forth fruit. See, I wasn't going, and I wasn't bringing forth fruit, so I didn't get the then for the rest of that verse. Because only, you only get the then you can ask the Father for anything in my name, and he will do it, if you are going and bringing forth fruit. That's the only reason why he will give you whatever you need. You know what I've found in my life? When I'm going, when I'm doing what he wants me to do, my little list of everything that I want to ask him for changes. Because then I'm asking for things to help me to go and bring forth fruit. And it seems like that everything can fall under a, a whole different category because everything that you need to help you to go and do what he's called you to do, what he's appointed you to do, what he's assigned you to do. Sure, it's going to seem like it's a stretch. I said a while ago it's going to be like the most natural thing that you could do in your life. But it still has this element that you have to have faith in him for him to help you to do that. It's just that just, it's almost like it's out of reach. And it is almost out of reach in the natural realm so that you have to step into the supernatural realm and trust him to go and do what he's called you to do. That's why we need to ask him then for whatever it is that we need. And those things can vary and change as we are going and bringing forth fruit. The challenge today is, is to go and bring forth fruit. You. You. Who is youer than you. <laughs> There's no one else on the face of this earth that is youer than you. And you need to go and bring forth fruit. And then when we all walk together and do that, God brings us together and he puts us together and so that we accomplish things together with all of our uniqueness tied together. Paul said, he was talking about, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, and verse 5 specifically, the Corinthians were talking about the different ministers that had come and, and did different things in their, in their assembly and in their lives. And, and, and so Paul just qualifies this. He says, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. He said, you know what? We we're just doing our assignment. We're doing what we were assigned to do. When we came and preached and whatever he did, we're just doing what we were assigned to do. So we find here that there is an assignment for each believer. There's an appointment. There is something that God has for us to do. In fact, it's a very important thing. Jesus put it in this way. He put it in a parable in Mark chapter 13, verse 33 and 34. He talks about the end time. And listen to this, how, how he structures this and puts it into kind of a, a parable. He says there in Mark chapter 13, verse 33, be on guard. It means be alert, be ready, watching. He says, be on guard, be alert. You do not know when the, that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge. That's exactly what Jesus did. He went away and he put us in charge. Each with his assigned task. Jesus went away. He put us in charge. He assigned each one of us a task and tells the one at the door to keep watch. So... This is the body of Christ. We don't know when that hour is going to come, but here's the thing. We need to be alert, and we need to be doing our assigned task so that when he comes, we'll be ready. In Revelation 19, it says, The bride hath made herself ready. You know, I think we make ourselves ready, or we are ready, when we are on assignment. 
When we're on an assignment, when we're doing what we've been appointed and anointed to do. So how do you do that, Pastor? How do you recognize this? It's so important, I don't want to miss it. Well, let me give you 12 things. 12 things, 12 ways uh, that uh, uh, you need to know to recognize about your assignment. Let me just tell you, first of all, this, this word assignment, it means being set apart. Okay, so you are set apart in a sense that you are unique. God sees you. He sets you apart for this. Um, marked for a specific purpose. God has marked down a specific purpose for you. You know, we talked about the courts of heaven, the books being opened and being observed and looking. Well, see, your assignment has been written down there. Everything that, you, that you're supposed to be doing is written down there. And so when you stand before the Lord, he's going to look at your assignment and then you're going to stand there to give proof that you've fulfilled your assignment. And everybody said, oh me, <laughs> or oh my. So we need to know this thing, right? Assignment means being set apart or marked for a specific purpose, designated. You're the designated one for this particular thing. To be appointed as to a duty, to, get, to be given a task. How many of you believe that God has given you something to do? Okay. The greatest thing in the Christian life is the great awakening when you wake up and you realize, hey, God's given me something to do. He really has given me something to do. And it starts out in, in small things. He that's faithful over a few things, he said, I'll make him rule over many things. Well, let's look at these 12 things to know, to recognize about your assignment. The very first thing is that you need to recognize about your assignment is, is that you didn't choose it and you don't choose it. There's no little catalog, like if you're enrolling in college, you want to check out and see what degree do I want here. Let's, I, I like those courses. I don't like those courses. This seems fun to me. This doesn't seem exciting at all. Oh, this is too much work. I don't want to do that. No, you don't choose it. You're, God determines your assignment before you were born. We saw that just a while ago in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations, is what he told Jeremiah. I appointed you. And so you can fill in your name there. I appointed you as a whatever it is to the nations and to wherever God's calling you. So you got to know that God determined your assignment before you were born. It's already said in fact, so God knows about it. Just settle that. You know, you don't have to uh, get all nervous about trying to figure out what you want to do and, and going through someplace and looking to see what seems to be the best. No, just got to tap into it. The second thing is that your assignment is decided by God and discovered by you. goes right along with it. So he determines it, and it's decided by him. It's discovered by you. You know, the automobile didn't decide to be an automobile. Henry Ford decided that that was going to be an automobile, right? And the, you know, it just woke up one day and, and discovered, hey, I'm an automobile, <laughs> It's like the airplane didn't decide to be an airplane. The Wright brothers decided that it was going to be an airplane, and it was an airplane, and it just discovers, hey, I'm an airplane, right? Uh, you didn't really determine and decide if you were going to be male or female or whatever. God did, and you just discovered that that's who you are. So the creator decides, and the creation discovers. And so that's part of our life is discovering who we are, but he's given to us the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you without a counselor. I'm going to pray and ask the Father to send you the counselor who will guide you into all truth. Don't you think that this is a pretty major truth, a pretty major thing that we need to be aware of is our assignment? Absolutely. The Holy Spirit is there to help us every day. Number three. 
your assignment is always to solve a problem. Problems, problems. All God's people got problems. Aren't you thankful for problems? Well, you ought to be. That's how you make money. You know, whatever job you go to, you know, there's a problem. And somebody calls and you solve that problem. In fact, you get paid according to the problems that you solve. A garbage collector, he might make $15 or $20 an hour. But a lawyer might make $200 an hour. It just depends on the problems that you solve, right? You heard that story about this huge factory and had this one great big huge machine that ran the entire factory and all of a sudden the machine just and it shut down and they, nobody could fix this machine and so they tried to figure out who can, who can do this and they found the name of this one person that was qualified to come in and fix this big machine and so the little man comes in he's got this little, little tiny bag, little black bag he comes over, sets the bag he goes, walks all around the machine takes his little flashlight, looks it all over comes back around, comes to this one little spot Opens this door, reaches into his bag, gets this little hammer about this big. He goes, pop, hits it. The machine goes, starts running. Everything starts running. And they go, oh, this is awesome. So he bills them uh, $12,000.95. They go, $12,000.95 to walk in here and hit this one hit on the machine? He says, oh, no. He says, uh, $0.95 to hit the machine, $12,000 to know where to hit it. So, you know, you get paid according to the problems that you solve. It's what you know, right? And so, um, (laughs) your assignment is always to solve a problem. Everything that's created is a solution to an existing problem. The chair that you're sitting in solves a problem that you were tired of standing up. And we're living in such a wonderful age that we have so many inventions, you know, the, the, the microwave and all this stuff that we have. It's solved problems that we, that we used to have that we don't have that much problem anymore, right? We just can't. The only problem we have now is we can't get enough of all the information that's available to us. You know, in our body, our, our body God designed us to solve problems. Our eyes see, our ears hear, our mouth speaks, sometimes too much. And, you know, again, mechanics solve Uh, car problems and uh, nurses solve health problems mothers solve emotional problems and lawyers solve I don't know what they do they solve legal problems and but uh, you were created to solve a problem and the same thing really in the body of Christ is we see a need and meet it we find a hurt and heal it and uh, you know Here's the thing that you, you can ask yourself. What problems do you think about most, most of the time? Or what challenges do you think about maybe in life? Those things that, that you think about, your attention is directed to, and that starts to let you in on some things where your interests are, where your motivation is, and maybe what God has called you to do to help solve some problems. Some people that work in these uh, battered women's shelters, you know, they solve problems there with, these, with battered women. That's up on their heart. That's what they've been assigned to do. That's the problems that they think about, you know. Um, so look at that because the, the problems that, that, uh, uh, that we choose to solve determines, you know, where our assignment is. I jotted down some notes here that you will only be remembered for the problems that you solve are the ones that you create. Right? You know, think about Billy Graham. Think about, you know, maybe he's helped to solve a lot of problems for eternity. And then you think about Hitler. 
What problems did he cause? You know, so you're remembered by the problems that you solve or the problems that you create. Think about the people in your life that you know and remember them. Maybe you think about the things that they've done that's, that's helped or you think about the ones that went, oh boy. I, yeah, I remember them for sure. Your assignment is to any problem that God has qualified or provided a, a passion for you to solve. So think about that. Where is your attention directed? And perhaps that's the avenue that God's calling you down. So uh, your assignment is always to solve a problem. Number four, assignments correct. You know, whatever angers you is a clue to something that you are assigned to correct. When Moses saw an Egyptian beating a, a Hebrew slave, he went and he wanted to correct that problem. The thing was he just didn't have his anger in check and he killed the Egyptian soldier but see, he was assigned to be a deliverer of the Hebrews from the oppression of the Egyptians. And so when he saw that, that stirred something up in him. And, it, and, you know, anger is a good emotion as long as it's within the direction of the Holy Spirit. And it moved him to go and help that Hebrew slave to not be under the oppression of the Egyptian soldier because he was a deliverer. You know, Jesus, when he went into the temple, he got angry. Because he said, my father's house will be a house of prayer. And so, you know, he sat down, he made a whip, and he drove out the money changers. And, and uh, actually, they were all set up out into the Gentile court. And, and so nobody else could get in. And, you know, he was wanting even the Gentiles to be able to start coming in. And he drove them out because it angered him that they, weren't, they were making God's house a house of merchandise. And they were taking advantage, and they weren't concerned about serving God or, or about God's salvation. You know, when I see Satan robbing someone of their potential and, uh, and not, that person not using their abilities for, for the Lord, that gets me. It, it, uh, it, it concerns me because I'm an exhorter and I like to see people uh, finding their place in the body of Christ and doing what God called them to do and being able to exercise their, their potential for God. So assignments correct things, help to put it back in order, help to straighten it out. Uh, so, you know, what, does it, what is it that, that stirs you, gets your attention? You know, servers, uh, when they walk into things, they see certain things out of whack. They want to fix it. They want to help structure it so they can, uh, uh, you know, help correct that problem. Organizers organize and mercies have mercy. And, and you know, all the motivational gifts that we find, you see, those are certain things that, that their drives are different. So you need to find that and, uh, and ask yourself those questions. Also, assignments heal. You should ask, what, what saddens you is a clue to something that you are assigned to heal? What brings sorrow in your life? What breaks your heart when you see something like that happening? When you see that, that's a clue that lets you in on where you're maybe drawn to help heal that particular area. To find that hurt and heal it. So assignments are assigned to heal. You know, does something bring you pain? Then look at that and examine it and ask God how he would have you to, to be involved in that. That's a clue to something that God is qualifying you to, to mend. Number six, assignments guarantee provision. You know, you don't have to worry when you're doing what God's called you to do. Your provision is only guaranteed at the place of your assignment, the place of obedience. So when you're doing what you're supposed to do, then God will provide what's needed the provision that's necessary to do that. Some people say, well, you know, I'd do this for the Lord, but I just, you know, I can't afford it. You know, when I, 
I'm going to wait, and when I get so, and so, so much money, then I'm going to do this, and when I get so much money, I'm going to go do that. Well, let me just tell you, it doesn't work that way. Uh, you, when you go and do it, then God provides at that particular instant. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 2. Let's look at this just a, a second. Elijah had an assignment, and... Uh, you know, it says there in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 2, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Verse 3. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. Everybody say there. I preached a message one time that uh, about finding your there. You know, everybody needs to, to find your, your place called there. You see, uh, there was a great drought in the land and God told Elijah that you go there and when you get there, I'm going to take care of you. I'll give you, there'll be water to, to drink and, and the, I'll assign the ravens to come and feed you. In verse 5 it says, so he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. So, you know, Elijah was, uh, he was instructed to go to the brook, and when he obeyed, the ravens showed up with his meal, and one day the ravens didn't return. They didn't show up, and the brook dried up. And uh, why did the brook dry up? The location of his assignment was getting ready to change, and sometimes your brook dries up. Sometimes things that you've been going along on a particular assignment, that dries up, and God's getting ready to, re to change your focus of direction. Remember, I've told you many times that life has lived on levels and arrived at in stages, and so you come along this level, and then there's another stage. You go up, and then you go along another level with God, and there's another stage. So we're constantly, uh, on this assignment, God is constantly releasing and, and telling us what to do. Well, sometimes your brook dries up, and it's time now, okay, God, what do you want me to do? At verse 9, there in 1 Kings chapter 17, uh, God told him, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. There's another there. See, we've got to find our there because our assignment is there. And when we're there, then we're doing what God calls us to do. We, there's a person that needs us there. There's someone that's waiting there for you to get there to help take care of them there. And God will provide what you need, your, the provision that's necessary for you to be there. Amen. And so God had instructed him to go to Zarephath. You know, that was a village of the starving widow. And when he went to her house uh, as an act of obedience, God... Uh, miraculously provided through the famine that was happening there and uh, God worked a miracle there so again you've got to find your assignment your own place called there that's where God's provision will be God will take care of it so don't worry about the provision you be concerned about hearing what you need to hear from God and doing what you need to do for God great ministries have started you know people uh, I think about um, the people that have done these quilts you know and they take them to the hospitals and they give them to the different patients that are there and, and the patients they feel just a, that somebody is thinking about them loves them and they have this little quilt it's just something that's that's been done and and um, you know the ladies didn't start out thinking well you know if we get all this money then we can buy all this stuff they just started out making quilts with pieces of material that they had they put it together and began to go to the hospitals and just to say somebody cares about you and many people are touched and blessed and ministered to because somebody started doing that now then i'm sure that they got plenty of provision to do that god always provides there amen somebody say amen and remember in john 15 16 he says you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you to go 
to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you, then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. It's when we're going, that's when he gives. Provision comes when you go where you have been called, where you've been assigned to go. When God called us to Alvin, Texas, I thought, wow, wait a minute, I got four kids here, you know, young kids, and uh, we don't have a house down there, we don't have, there's no, we're not talking about any type of um, financial support or anything. God said, go? Okay, well, here we go. God takes care of it. When we got ready to buy this church, Charlie can tell you, we didn't have any money, we had a typewriter and I think we raised $686 or something like that, or $586 in the bank. That was it. I went to an auction and bought this church for uh, 87000 Yeah, $87,000. I just raised my hand like I knew something. <laughs> just, pray, every time I raised my hand, I was praying, God. <laughs> and so just kept raising my hand, and uh, God provided we're sitting in a building that's paid off right now. It's debt-free. Amen. Y'all give God praise for that. God provides. And so as we go, he provides. And he says that he's called us to, uh, to bring forth fruit, fruit that lasts, fruit that remains. Um, when it's in the form of your assignment, when you accomplish it in your assignment, then it lasts for all eternity, and it brings forth fruit. Today you are you. That's truer than true. There's no one alive that is fewer than you. Number seven, your assignment is always to a person or to a people. There's no Long Rangers in the Bible. There really isn't. I mean, even the Long Ranger had Tonto, you know. But, uh, you know, Moses had Aaron. He had various ones. Miriam had them around him. And, but Moses' assignment was to, uh, was to the, the children of Israel, was to the Israelites. So he was called to that people and assigned to that people. God's assigned me to Light Christian Center. He's assigned me to you. Thank God for that. Um, you know, how you discern, uh, how are you supposed to discern who you're assigned to, um, who you've been sent to? Well, you need to ask yourself some questions, some truthful questions. Whose future would bring you t uh, great excitement? Who, who's future? Future would, would bring you joy as it's accomplished. Uh, whose success stays on your mind all the time? And um, whose pain do you feel when you enter their presence? Whose achievements bring excitement to you? When that happens, you know, when, when this church moves forward and when we're accomplishing things, it's exciting. It's exciting. And, you know, as you uh, grow in the Lord and as you're, and I see things, you know, in your spiritual life, that gives me great excitement. But also I get excited when, I, when you get a raise at work and, and when things in your life, you know, are going along those lines. That brings me joy and, and, it, and, and it brings, you know, pain to my heart when I see you hurt. You know, when I see things happening in, your, in relationships or in your life, you know, that causes me pain. So I know that I'm assigned to you. And assigned to this church. God does that. So you're assigned to a person or to people. Uh, Joseph, you know, uh, many t there was many years that he had to fulfill other people's dreams before his dreams were fulfilled. And so God's assignment takes us in various ways. Remember in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 where he says, From him the whole body joined together and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So each one of us are to be working together. 
our assignment is to a person or to people. And so we find that, you know, we're locked together in a, in a body of believers. And so we're assigned one to another as well. Praise God. Number eight, your assignment is geographical. It really is. You know, the assignment of Joseph took him to Egypt. The assignment of Ruth uh, took her to Bethlehem. The assignment of Jesus brought him to the cross. My assignment brought me to Alvin, Texas. You know, uh, your assignment is geographical. You, you're here. You know, there's some people that come from the Houston area and from, you know, the various areas around come to Light Christian Center. So your assignment is geographical. And uh, so think about that. Uh, you belong somewhere. Somebody is waiting for you there. You know, this body's not the same when you're not here. Somebody needs you. You know, even when we walk around and smile and shake hands and stuff like that, boy, that, that thrills my heart. And, you know, it just brings joy to me and encourages me. Maybe you're the same way. Maybe that encourages you. When maybe nobody throughout the week, nobody shook your hand or smiled at you throughout the week. You know what I'm talking about? You know, at least you can come to church and get a smile and a handshake. <laughs> That's good. Could be something else. But anyway, somebody is waiting for you there. Uh, it's no accident that you are here. It really isn't. God places us together. Where you are matters much more than uh, what you are. Or it matters just as much as what you are. Where you are matters just as much as what you are. And where you are will determine what grows within you. Whether it's weeds or flowers or whether it's weakness or strength. So God places us in particular places. I trust that as you come here that you're strengthened, that, you're, that you grow spiritually. And, uh, but then that you exercise those, those things, those spiritual principles and your faith. As you exercise those things, then you're growing as well. So where you are determines those things. Number nine, your assignment determines what is important to you. What do you value and what draws your attention? What catches your attention? You know, that, that helps to, for you to recognize your, your assignment. You know, I've, uh, as a trade, uh, grew up, my dad was a carpenter. I grew up with helping him from my earliest memories. And so I noticed things about houses and certain things about uh, construction. You know, just, it just catches my eye. And maybe you're the same way. You know, uh, uh, a beautician, someone that... Uh, Cuts hair, you know, they notice haircuts. You know, they look and they'll, no, they'll notice your hair, how it's, how it's cut. A, a jeweler notices a jewelry and rings and maybe the certain stones and things like that. And, and so whatever you do gives you a certain attention that you notice things in a little different way. You know, person that, you know, Gabe lays tile in, in showers. If he came and looked, he oh, yeah, that's done a pretty good job. But they kind of got it out of whack there just a little bit, you know. Or he walk into it, and he'll see that line that goes straight down through there. You know, he notices those particular things. And, and uh, welders notice welds and, you know, how good it is. And, and uh, crook, you know, cook, if you're a good cook, you notice recipes. Or you want to try, oh, let me try that one. That's pretty good. I mean, how do, they must have put such and such in there. And so you're interested there. And you, you bring all that together. So you, your, your assignment determines what's important to you or what catches your attention. You know, all of those things in itself can actually be some things that we can help in the body of Christ. Whether it's in the church, the physical church, or, or someone around or something like that. But, but also God will, be, in your assignment, you'll begin to notice certain things in the spiritual realm. Your attention is drawn to certain things in the spiritual realm. And that's so important. We need that discernment. We need those things. 
You know, God will can speak to you in dreams and visions and, and just in your knower. You just know in your knower and you are drawn to those particular things. And then as the body together, we're so much more sensitive and alert to the various things that's going on. So we need one another. And so your assignment uh, determines what's important to you, where your attention is, what you're drawn to. Praise God. Number 10, assignments reveal interest. Kind of along that same line, but what you love the most is a clue to your assignment. Now, if you love, if you love com computers, you know, that's where your wisdom is. Thank you, sir. Uh, if, you know, you're just fascinated with computers and operation of different programs and stuff, your wisdom is in there. Hey, you can use that in ministry as well. And, uh, you know, if you love children, you know, you'll have wisdom towards children. If you love the arts, you're, you'll think about how to express certain things in, the form, in an art form. And so uh, your assignment reveals certain interests that you have. Think about that and see, okay, God, what are you calling me toward? What are you, where are you assigning me? Where are you placing me? What is it that interests me? What, uh, what seems important to me? What am I more drawn to? There are certain topics and things in, in the Bible that when you hear that talk, your interest goes there and you're drawn to that. Maybe that's a season in your life that God's wanting to do that in your, in your life. Number 11, your assignment will require seasons of preparation. Amen. You don't just get it all at once. It's, there's seasons of preparation. You, you will experience seasons of insignificance before you step into maybe what you think is significant. And that's okay because that's part of the humility thing. You know, that's part of just following after what God's assigned us to do. Uh, so there's seasons of preparation. Sometimes uh, I jotted down some different seasons. Seasons of insignificance, disillusionment, disappointment, mentorship, uh, possible restoration. And then the whole thing is to grow where we're planted. A lot of times people jump ship. They bail out on those times of seasons of insignificance. They think, oh, well, this doesn't really matter. This is really isn't important to anybody. Continue to grow. What's God doing? Grow there. Get to the next point. And it seems like it, then we're so disillusioned, like, well, I don't know where I fit in. I don't know where I fit in. Well, then just be open and, and alert to God. God, speak to my heart. And watch. See a need and meet it. Be alert to watch and see where your attention is drawn. Where can you help? What can you do? And when you see that, step into that and do what you can do. No matter how large or how small, how significant or insignificant, you do that. And as you do that, then there's growth takes place and you take another step. And you move to another level with God. And you continue to move on and on. The thing is, most people don't make it down that path. They stop in that season of insignificance. Or they stop in the season of disillusionment. Or disappointment. Because a lot of times when we start to serve the Lord, then we get disappointed. Or somebody hurts our feelings. Or somebody says something to us. Or somebody doesn't say something. You know, Somewhere through there, we experience a disappointment. And so we stop and we give up. And we quit our assignment. Because we thought we chose it. You don't have a right to quit. That's what God told me. <laughs> okay, I quit. <laughs> I quit. And God says, you can't quit because <laughs> you didn't choose this. I chose it for you. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's a good thing to know is you shouldn't have quit in your, in your thought process. Sandy and I have been married 43 years. 43 years. Wow. It's amazing. 
I tell everybody it was a child arranged marriage. <laughs> I, I didn't really think I would even live to see 30, let alone 40 or, and be married 43 years. But, you know, somebody asked me, so how have you been married 43 years? I said, because we didn't quit. When we got married, we didn't have quit in the vows. We just didn't. That's us, you know. We prayed about it before we got married and felt like that this is who God had placed us, you know, together with. And this is my life partner. And when we said, I do, we did. And, and so it's been 43 years, and it's amazing. This April will be 44. Wow. Amazing how that works like that. It just keeps on going. <laughs> but there are different seasons in your life, and you don't quit when those times come. You just learn from it. You take the disappointment and you turn it around and you, you find out what in you, how were you disappointed? And you say, okay, Lord, strengthen me there. Where I got discouraged and disappointed and to the point of quitting, you know, strengthen me there so I don't get to that point again. Hey, let me tell you something. If you've never been to the point of disappointment or discouragement to the point of quitting, you're not real. <laughs> you ain't real. Don't tell me that. Look at Elijah. Remember he was at that brook? Where the ravens came and fed him, well, it says before that, it says that he went there and he sat under this juniper tree and says, I'd just as soon die. You know, kill me. I want to be dead. You know, he was ready to commit suicide. He was ready to check out, man. He was discouraged. He was discouraged. He said, it's all over. You know, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And he was there and God said, oh, you know, in fact, at one time when, when he was griping and complaining to God, a little later on, God says, oh, I got 750 more prophets just like you. Don't stop your whining. And that's my paraphrase. But, you know, but we get to those points of discouragement. If you've never been there, then it's not real. You will get there. But when you get there, that's when you stir up the gift that's within you, the, the assignment that's within you. You reach down and say, wait a minute. I've been called by God. I didn't choose this. God chose me to do this. And if he thinks I can do it, if he knows I can do it, he designed me to do it, then I can do it. That's why Paul says, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Parents, if God didn't think you could raise those kids that he gave you, he'd have given them to somebody else. I say, well, God, you know, I wonder, God, why'd you give me these kids? He said, if I give them somebody else, they'd have killed them. <laughs> You know, so, you know, there's, we get discouraged in all kinds of things. He puts us in relationships. Iron sharpens iron. You know, you think, why am I having to work with this person? This person is horrible. Why do I have to work with them? Instead of that and griping and complaining, say, Lord, what can I learn here? You learn how to pray for people that despitefully use you. I remember being on the job with this one guy, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this. And, and he even, you know, he would just ridicule even you know, my uh, spiritual beliefs and things, you know, and stuff. And we had some dis disagreements about the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit and stuff. And, and so I'm just like, why do I have to work with this guy? This is like, oh, it's drudgery. And, and boy, I kept hearing that, that scripture. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. I thought, well, this is the guy. It's Tom right there. That's his name. I'm plugging it in there, you know. That's Tom. I'm praying for Tom. And you know what? I began to pray for him. And you know what? I don't know if he got better, but I got better. And see, a lot of times people don't change, but we change. And so that's how we change. And so we change through our assignment. We don't quit. We change. That's how we grow. We grow in those times through our, through our assignment, those various stages of where it seems that we're disillusioned or it's insignificant or we're disappointed. 
And we find a mentor and we find someone that we can lock into and look up to and, and see their, how they're growing in the Lord and, and even their strengths and their weaknesses. And, and we see that and so we can develop and learn. And so we continue to grow in those particular places. Joseph went 22 years before his dreams were fulfilled. Can you imagine that? Thrown into a pit, you know, thrown into a prison, despised, rejected, horrible life but he held on to the dreams that God gave to him and he became second only to Pharaoh ruling the world as a world ruler and then the dreams that God gave to him were fulfilled a lot of times you feel fulfill other people's dreams before you begin to see your dreams fulfilled so don't quit your assignment will require seasons of preparation number 12 your assignment determines who you will value you know when your teeth hurt, you value a dentist. Amen. <laughs> you know, uh, when your car is messing up, you value a mechanic. When you need a haircut, you know, you value that person that cuts your hair. People will drive miles to, to who, they, who they value because they know that they can get the best job for that, right? And so your assignment will really determine uh, who you value. And here's the thing. Somebody is reaching for you today. Somebody needs you today. Um, that's the clue to your assignment. Somebody needs you today. You should always remember that. You are valuable to somebody. And you need to have somebody that's valuable to you. Here's a checklist. Let's go back over this checklist for excellence. And here's the thing. None of us are perfect. We'll never be perfect. But we're to strive for excellence in this assignment that God has given to us. So here's a checklist for excellence. What do you love to do the most each day? Jot that down. You know, oh, boy, that, I don't want anybody to see this. <laughs> Jot it down. Evaluate it before the Lord. To whom have you been assigned for the, this present season? Ask God about those, these things. Bring this before the Lord in prayer and get some answers to these. Is your present performance at the highest level of excellence that it can be? Or, as we used to say on the railroad, are you sandbagging? <laughs> are you sloughing off? You know, are you just dragging? Are you performing at the highest level of excellence that you can perform? And don't blame somebody else. Well, I, you know, I would, but so-and-so, they're doing this. And if so-and-so so would do this, then I would do, no, you do excellence first. Um, what are you doing that is cluttering your life each day? What's cluttering up your life each day that's not allowing you to be on your assignment or help fulfill your assignment. Who is assigned to you? God assigns people to you that you're responsible for. Who is assigned to you? Is your present season a test or a reward? Think about that. Is your present season a test or a reward? Whose pain truly affects your heart? Whose joy do you long to see? And you might, you might have written down, my children. That's okay. So maybe that's your assignment right now. Okay? And, and don't just think that, don't put God in a box. And don't put your assignment in the box. If that's it, then God's given this. Your assignment right now, right now might be your children. 
And so you're to be the, the, the spiritual example, the godly example in their lives. And so you need to prepare yourself, equip yourself, because you are very important in your leadership ability in their lives. It may be somebody else. It might be your coworkers. It might be somebody around you. And so that's why we strive for excellence because somebody is watching you. Somebody is looking to you. Somebody needs you. Your assignment is the key to eternal rewards. When we stand before God, he's going to re reward us for the things that we have done, the things that we have, the words that we've spoken, the, the deeds that we've done, the things that we've done are going to be where we draw our rewards. And it's going to be because of the assignments. Don't think that when I'm talking about assignment that it's some particular job here in church. See, it flows over to that. Of course it does. But this is in your daily life, in what you're doing, your talents, your abilities, and the people that you're reaching. Because it's far greater than these four walls. And when we come together, then we are equipped and we grow and we learn and we fellowship together and we learn from one another and we enjoy one another. And, and we're encouraged from one another as well so that when we walk out the doors to our assignment then we can be the, the best example of God that has placed us there on your job, you know, in your family, in your community, in your marriage, to your children, to your, your associates, whoever. That's where we are to be in whatever assignment that it is. So recognize that. Recognize that. And remember that life is lived on levels and arrived at in stages. And so your assignment, it might not be there all the time. So you need to be excellent in, that, in this particular season that you're in, in that particular place that you're in before the brook dries up and you're assigned, you have another assignment that takes you on up the ladder. Are you following me in this? Because I don't want you to just think that this is some sermon that pastor's preaching because we need more nursery workers. And we do. But see, if you're a mom and you're, you, love, you care about your kids and you want your kids to have the best, you're going to have a heart that when you come here, that's going to spread over to other children. And, and you're going to be the best nursery worker that, that the church has or, and working with children or working with youth or working with young adults. So it, it happens here. But people, it's more than just happening here. And then we take that coat off and we walk out the door. The way I see it is that that's who we are when we walk in. Then we, then we also apply those things to this community of believers that we are because who are we welcoming in we're welcoming in people that are coming in from outside who you're working with and who you're relating with in your neighborhood and those all around see we're not the we shouldn't be the consumer we're the producer and so we come together to be equipped and to be encouraged to be strengthened to help us in that stage that we're in and, and to help us get through that portion of assignment that we have so we can get back out to that job where that person is seeming like despitefully using us on the job. That's what it's all about. It's not just here within these four walls. It's when we walk out those, those doors into the world that God's called us to. Then when we come together, yes, we help use our assignment in here. You might have a job that you work with computers and and social media and all that and you say well you know what I can use that ability to be to evangelize and you begin to use it for in ministry in the church and so that's what you're heading toward as you're growing through here who knows someday God might just open that door and that might be just a full-time thing for you but remember there are seasons of preparation seasons of preparation
It was many years before, I was in ministry many years before I became a pastor. I didn't, and I didn't like the job, didn't want the job, wasn't looking for the job. <laughs> the job got me. <laughs> you know, but we walk into these things. How many of you are following what I'm saying? So this is where you need to, where are you right now? What's God doing right now? Who's around you? Who are the people that are around you right now? What type of influence do you have over the people right now that you're with? That you come in contact with that somebody else will never come in contact with? The people that you, that you, uh, that you meet and in business and wherever. And that's where God's calling us. And in that, then, see, the world is supposed to come in. Come. And they come here and, and then they begin to get equipped so that they can go into all the world and preach the gospel. Are you following me today? Praise God. I'm going to pray for you today. Because I want you to be the best of the best. Amen? Hallelujah. I believe that we have the best church and we're going to continue to get better and better and better as we get better on our assignments out there. When we get better on our assignments out there, we've got to get better here. You believe that? Because you know what? You're not fooling anybody. They might say, oh yeah, they say they go to church. Or you ought to see how they act at work. You better not let me get a report like that. <laughs> I love it when people say, you know, when they say, oh, oh, when I say, oh, I pastor like Christian Center, they go, oh, really? Well, I know so-and-so. Oh, they're so precious. They're just great. I'm like, that's right, man. We got some great people. Don't you dare let me say, oh, yeah, well, they act real big. You ought to see how they act at work. We might just have to come visit you at work. <laughs> Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you love us that you have predestined us, that you have called us by name uniquely. That we are the person that you have created before you formed us in our mother's womb, you knew us. And before we were born, you set us apart, just as you said to Jeremiah. Father, help us to be mindful of our assignment, to be alert, to be watching to see where you have equipped us and what you're doing in our life. Where our joys are, what brings us joy, what brings us true satisfaction. That's a clue to let us know what we're to be doing. Help us to be alert to who we have been, whom we've been assigned to for this present season that we're in our, we, that we are in right now. And Lord, let us strive to, for excellence. That we're at the highest level of excellence that we can be at this present time. Lord, let us examine our lives and see if there's anything that's hindering us. As your word says in Hebrews, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us so that we can run the race with perseverance. This race course that's marked out for us. That's our assignment. Lord, let us, when we feel pain, let us be sensitive to that and see what's bringing us pain. That's a clue to see where we have a compassion. What brings us joy, that's a clue that we see what brings satisfaction into our life and that we strive then and we ask you and we yield to you and allow you to continue to develop us to be the best that we can be. 
Lord, I'm reminded when Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. When we set ourselves apart, we consecrate ourselves to you and who we are, that's when you do amazing things among us. Lord, I just pray for each person that's here today, Lord, that we would really be serious about our calling, our assignment. And Father, that we don't confuse it and just over-spiritualize it and think that it's some position on Sunday or Wednesday that we do and then we just go and we have this separate life. No, this is, this is us. This is when we walk out these doors and who we come in contact with and our family and our associates at work and at school, those people that we come in contact with in our everyday life, that's our assignment at this present time. And if it's not, then help us to seek you and believe you to place us and put us in that position where we need to be at this present time. Lord, I'm believing for that. And I just release your blessing upon this people right now. Father, they are blessed. <laughs> blessed beyond that, what they're able to ask or think. Amen, amen. Remember those words, today you are you. That's truer than true. There's no one alive that is youer than you. You are unique. Amen. Well, let's stand. And you're dismissed today. Give somebody a, a smile, a hug. Let them know that you're glad to, to be, uh, have, be with them today. Amen. God bless you.